0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas and there's no time for introductions, so I will welcome Dilruk Jai Singer.
1: Oh, wow. How sad. That makes me feel even lonelier that you've not even bothered to put in a bit of a, a, bit of a sizzle to bring me in. But you're right. We've got a huge guest. This huge guest. This is exciting. Guest. Very, very exciting. Um, Take it away. How do we start? I don't get to
0: do the introductions very often, uh, but I have been wanting uh, this gentleman on our podcast. You may have you know, may have heard of him. You may have seen a small film in, in 2006 called Kenny. Well, it was all about him. So from then on, he has done everything. You see him on television. I even got to do a show with him, a little sketch show, show called Open Slaver. Did anyone see it? We're still not sure. But he has worked on other shows like Little Big Shot. Uh, Now he's the judge on Australia's Got Talent. Man, oh, man, are we... Oh, hang on. That's another show he's on. Please welcome Shane (laughs) Jacobson. (laughs) uh, Hey,
2: Let's answer that question. There's already been a question posed, which is how great interviews start. Did anyone watch Open Slather? (laughs) So the answer to that is yes, Ben, but it was only two, and two of those people are on this show right now. It was you and me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's not fair. i watch clips of it movies? man it is no. it is so exciting to have you this is incredible thanks so much for taking the time to do it we were already uh enthralled by the background where there was some there's some certificates on there and there's there's all kinds of accolades you know
2: well yeah they're, they're believe it <laughs> not they're scouting ones doesn't doesn't sound very cool i know i'm supposed i know most actors do that thing where they just casually sit in front of all their awards. Um, <laughs> mine's a, mine are far less cool, but, but but I'm very proud of. That's my Queen Scout Award and the certificate when I became the Chief Scout of Victoria. So uh, oh. I, I, I try not to litter the place with anything. In fact, here we go. I, I, I'm aware that we're in an audio medium and therefore visually none of this makes sense, but we're <laughs> joking about Open Slather and yet that is a picture behind me from open slather which is when we did the last supper you know
0: yeah, it's a great. It's a great. I've got that. I've got that one at, at home as well. For people who don't is uh, we were we were playing. Uh, you know, it was the Last Supper, and then we yeah. and we recreated that amazing, um, amazing uh, photo. But yeah. what I remember so vividly, and
1: we, which I which, given what I know from Ben during that time, the Last Supper was probably not his last supper. <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he went straight back into catering after that.
2: Yeah, and nor nor, nor mine. The, the you know. My last supper is going to be awake. Until then, I will not stop eating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I remember. I don't know if you remember the shame, But I remember there was grapes on the table, and then at one stage we were just, we were just like because we had to, it took forever to get that photo, and we we're just throwing grapes into each other's mouth, going, "Well, I guess they probably would have done it back then as
2: well. Yeah, so they, why not? They totally did it, was, and very PC, very pre-COVID uh, to be throwing yeah. food into each other's mouth. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'd like to imagine Jesus had a food fight during that time. I mean, cause he had a real un- unfair advantage. His ability to change, like, you know, take a glass of water and then bang straight away into wine. You know? well,
0: well, this is, this is interesting. That show, like that, that show had such an amazing budget to do comedy that, in that particular scene, the person who was in charge of props was also changing the bread. They had different types of bread. They wanted to match the photo. And we'll put the photo up on our, on our, our socials. We're but
1: now, yeah. It, it yeah, is after.
0: amazing, the, the difference. And, and to be honest, that in that scene, some of my finest acting, and the reason being is... Didn't have to say much. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Some of my best work. No, I agree. I'd like to imagine that Jesus uh, threw grapes and had a food fight, but in order to think that, you first have to imagine there was a Jesus. So there's a lot of imagining required. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm pretty sure he he was there. He was just he was a, he was he, he was the original podcaster. You know, he yeah. uh, <laughs> he definitely had a huge following. A lot of yeah. people subscribed and rated five stars. Five um, crosses, actually.
2: Imagine if it was a podcast where people could, you know, send in messages or whatever. You just know, you know how it would yeah. go. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, JC here. Thanks to all my followers. Uh, uh, I picked up a few more this week. Um, Last week's show, as we know, was from the top of the hill where I fed four of you fish. Boy, didn't that story get exploded in the papers? Um, Fed everyone. (laughs) There was only four of you there. Anyway, I've got some questions coming in now. One here from... Today's podcast...
1: podcast is sponsored by holy water the finest water that you can find around and also still stamps.com somehow they will still get it um, <laughs> they will now, still get a sponsorship on that question
2: coming in from nathaniel here so come on cough up jc who is your mum's boyfriend as we discussed last <laughs> week doesn't have one uh uh, someone else, please describe to me immaculate. Sounds pretty dirty to me.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, funny, actually, one of the puns we used last a couple of episodes ago was the immaculate conception. But hey, let's kick off with Open Slatter. I guess is a, a good spot, I think, to kick yeah. the vibe of the podcast, because Ben has, uh, Shane, told us uh, that that was one of the periods where he saw the transition between like the first few sketches that were filmed and then catering and how wardrobe <laughs> had to tell him, hey, we are running out of stitches. Uh, we got, we're running out of the ability to think. How do you generally track when you're when you're shooting anything? Do you do you have a routine, or with your schedule, does that stuff get thrown right out?
2: It, 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 what you have to do is just keep your eye on the producer's face. Um, <clears throat> so week three, when the producer's face suggests something like "oh," um, so "oh" represents about two kilo. Uh oh, is about five kilo, and holy right. shit, is ten kilos. So, right. got, look, the truth is, um, yeah, onset carrying. I think. Um, so for for those that don't know, but I'm pretty sure most people. Do, or do know, and if not, they can imagine. You get you get well fed on a film set. Um, in fact, I own a film catering company, so you definitely get well fed when <laughs> when it's me that does it. True story. Is that it's, true? It's a oh, true, that's yeah. un- unreal. I have a company called Film Trucks Australia that does film and television catering. But, um, and my theory always has been, I think, mean, <laughs> and I joked about this the other day, that my theory is if I can't get a role in a film, I want to be feeding the bastard that took my role. And he can stay in my green room so that I still get money. But when you work on a, <laughs> or a, on a film oh or on an ad, there is catering. You're catered for, and and it and it and it's it's great food. It's really good food, and there's plenty of it. And it is a trap for dare I say it? It's a trap for young players. Um, like all of us, when you know, gosh, you know, places like the Swagman um, and Sizzler were, were built on it. Is that when you've got a banquet there um, that seems endless? Um, that you just can't help yourself but go back and back and back. And it is, it, it, it is a, a kind of a, a young player's trap. But, yeah, you're right. On, on films, you do, to, you do have to model to your weight. And, and the truth is it is because with wardrobe um, you can change. And the thing that works against you <clears throat> with film is it's never filmed or shot in order. So if you're doing a movie, they can take anywhere between you know, a month to a year depending on the film you're on. But, um, you know, even in a TV series, some of them you're filming to, for, for, for months um, but films are usually the worst because it all is one piece and you can be filming for three months. So if you put on weight, but like you can cut from one scene to another where you clearly have changed shape and it's distracting to the audience and the producers don't like you to look different. So, yeah, you do have to track it. You really do. And, and so how do I do that? Well, I don't.
1: <laughs> well, this,
0: this, I just thought of this then, Shane, Is When we were doing Open Slather One of your go-to characters was a priest That just wore the cloth So that just hit everything So were you already planning everything. for that before we'd even started?
2: <laughs> when you say hit everything I used to be able to hide bread rolls under it So yeah, it literally hit everything <laughs> <laughs> Bread rolls,
1: that was just your excuse For the little bulge in your pants, is it?
2: Yeah, yeah Sorry, right, it's just a bread roll Yeah but, yeah, um, and and little, little Bold is the truth. Yeah, and, and it's funny, in, in, yeah go, ahead, Shane, go. Ahead. Well, I was going to say, you talk about, you know, Fitbit. I, I was the one that said I want to develop something for my kind of people, um, which is a thing that goes around your wrist and it's called not a bit fit. Um, not a bit fit. And, and, and what it does uh, is once you've done more than 10 steps, it tells you to take a seat for an hour. So <laughs> right. it's not necessarily where you guys have been going with this, but it is, there's an audience. There is a market for what I'm suggesting.
0: But yeah, it's, well, it's funny because this, is what I was always curious because when we worked on open slather, uh, Shane, it's like um, you, you have that presence. You you have that presence. It's who you are. People are warm to you. you. You've got that comedic timing. And every second wants every second person wants to talk to you, even from crew to when we're out on, on locations, I have the question is: Have you like when I want to know when have you been the biggest, but when have you been the lightest? How much does it fluctuate, or do you stay the same?
2: No, no, I don't. I do, I do fluctuate, and and I think I think everyone that's kind of a of of a heavier set, if you will, probably goes through a similar thing. Where um, and this is this is by no means advice or fact. It's just how I find it is. As you get older, you end up being a little bit heavier and your body teams, it's funny how we always end up at the same weight. Um, you know what I mean? You go on a diet and then if you if you come off the throttle of that diet a bit, somehow your body always goes bang, straight back to the weight you were. And I do, I have always hovered around a similar weight, but then lost weight for projects. Um, or or not, I've never had to really gain weight for a project, but I have lost weight for projects films or TV shows, but I was the ambassador for uh, Jenny Craig um, weight loss. And I, I lost 25 kilo on Jenny Craig, not hang on, not literally on Jenny Craig. She's a 75 <laughs> year old woman. You've heard that gag before. I keep saying her hip goes out more than she does, but, but, the, but, the, but the trends, I did actually follow that diet and for me to drop 25 kilo, it was training for an hour every day, Um, it was eating, you know, it was portion control, all the stuff we know. Um, but the thing, the truth is for me is that if I can do a little bit of training, I lose weight really fast enough to annoy my wife. She's like, I can't believe, but if I can't do physical training, my body is designed. I have to be physically active, but eating less has a bit of an impact. Of course, I do enjoy a wine. uh, I do enjoy a beer. I enjoy them. But what I love is a lot of wine, a lot of beer. And I tend to do what I love in life. Not what I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: so and so on that actually when you said you used to do an hour of training if you want to what what type of training do you do? what shape does that take?
2: um I've got a bad back so I have to do like, running doesn't really work um for me, but what I do do is I did swimming which I really um it's it's that exercise thing is funny people who are used to exercising understand the addiction of it and then people who who don't do it, kind of, it's a mystery to them. But then, when I started swimming, that was the thing I became quite addicted to, and I'd, I'd swim, like I think it was like 1.4 kilometres every every morning in a pool, um, and it got to the point that that was how I cleared my head. Um, and then my back went again. I've had a bad back for 25 years, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't do the kicking in the pool because it would pinch oh. my nerve in my back. So then I went back to right. walking. So me and my wife, um, and I'll be honest, it was it was actually. Um, it was a great centering thing for me years ago. I've always been, I've had the joy of being and the luck of being really busy and, and working, um, you know, like you guys do. pretty much, you know, we all work pretty much most days, you know, we're fortunate that we've, I've been a warm up guy, same as Beno and, you know, we've got comedy gigs and, you know, we've all turned up at gigs together, haven't we? Corporate gigs and stuff yeah. together. And, you know, we're, we're pretty much away a lot. And I was really busy, but then what I did do is my wife, to her credit, said, how about, your, I know your back's bad, so i would go into the gym, doing weights I enjoy. I did boxing. I was a, a sparring partner at boxing gyms for 13 years. I, I used to, to do a lot of boxing. Um, and all of that stopped. But she said going for a walk, a walk together in the mornings, we've got four young kids, but we would get up really early in the morning and got a babysitter to come in just for the first hour and a half oh. of the morning, like 5.30 or 6, and we would get up and go for a walk, it was her idea. And it was, it was, I mean, she does a million wonderful things for me, but it was one of the best things she ever did for me. And and trust me, that's a long list of of great things she's done. But I used to clear my head and we'd go out and we would have time together. So there's the career that keeps me busy. There's the children that keep us distracted and busy, but we would spend that time together. And even, so I live in Mount Macedon. So for those not in in Victoria, um, it's about 45 minutes out of Melbourne and we're sort of in the hills. Um, or in the mountains more than anything and and we go for a walk with the dogs now in the mornings Um, and I find it's great exercise one of course um, but her and I get our our conversations together out of the way so it actually turns out to to, you know do I lose weight doing it a little bit but do I lose the weight out of my mind Um, the pressures yeah I really do so that at the moment that's kind of my go-to we go for our, our morning walks with the dogs. Right. All right. That bonding time
1: must be invaluable because, I, you know, I, I don't have a partner or kids, but by, by all accounts, once you have the kids, that time between, you know, the partners, it starts to get limited, the time for yourselves, each other. So being able to commit to that hour a day would be such an invaluable moment.
2: It is Ben. You you, you know about this. I mean, you you should yeah, talk. Yeah.
0: Well, to it's too. so it's so funny you say that, Shane, because we were having this exact discussion last night. But because school holidays have kicked in, and they only went this back. This is Ben a and couple- his
1: partner, not me and Ben. And he says,
0: <laughs> "We." Um, but my my like so we because the kids have just gone back. But with like you know lockdowns and kids going back to school later, it's been like you know like a weird term. So school holidays have appeared, and we were saying the one thing, the one thing we miss. More than anything, it's just even, like, you know, back then it was the evening stroll. You know, the stroll you go before you go out for dinner or you watch the sunset, and mm. we just don't have that anymore since we've had Salt true We can't leave them, you know, they're too young. But I, 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 an, I love the idea. Evening,
1: o- evening stroll isn't a euphemism for rooting, yeah? yeah no,
0: genuine, no, no. Because then you'll have three children yeah. and you're back Not at the start again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is that, like, I, is that a metaphor? Is that a metaphor? I think I know what he meant for. <laughs> that,
0: and, that, and that's what I think, again, like I, I love the idea of one, you can find a babysitter that's willing to come around at the crack of dawn. That's amazing in itself. Like, uh, please share her a number. Uh, the other one is like I, I, the idea of like, well, I've got two. And that's why I'm always so impressed with you, Shane, is that, you know, you are such a busy man. And then you know, you've got the bad back, but how do you juggle it? Because you don't have two kids, you don't have three kids, you've got four.
2: Yeah, and how do three you and, it? And, and what I didn't explain is when we take the dogs for a walk, we have three dogs.
1: <laughs> um, <Wow>. That's <laughs> a, that's a lot of picking up a pool between the kids and the dog.
2: That, that's mate, that's why we've moved to the bush. We just have <laughs> like I do to pick it up. Of course. Walk yeah.
1: out, I'd walk
2: out the door with like, you know, three dogs that, you know, probably weigh on average 25 kilo each. And we walk back with a 75 kilo bag of shit. And I just, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I was doing arm curls with bags of shit on the way back to the house. Yeah. And this is, yeah, like, cause they do, they produce more than their own body weight shit air dogs. But, um, yeah, that's why we moved up here. That's why I live on six acres. Everyone's like, do you pick up the dog shit? No, we just don't leave the house.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 how has it been? Because, because you know, at the moment now, especially the last year, because I had the pleasure of working with you on, uh, again, uh, Australia's Got Talent, which might I add for the listeners, if, if you do have a chance and we do have audience, Go see Shane Jacobson in uh, on Australia's Got Talent because of all the shows I've worked on, Shane, you are one of the very few people who can deliver bad news in such a positive manner. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. Even if they know they're not going to get through, they walk away feeling great. They're like, oh, I didn't make it through. But Shane just made it sound so positive. It's, 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 <laughs> it, is, it is amazing. So this is my question is, have you always had that positivity? Because you are one of the most positive guys I know. Where's that stem from? Have you always had that? Is that something you sort of mantra yourself? Like, how does that work, Joe?
2: Because we've all been there. Like, I just—we've all been there. Every, every, every person I know in entertainment, in comedy, in film. You know, and I've worked in film, television, theatre, corporate, rock and roll. I've worked in all of them, you know. I mean, I was got already in Pyro for Bon Jovi. Any Anyone I've ever spoken to, you know, lead singers of, like, Poison that I've worked with. For God's sake, I worked on the Debbie Gibson Electric Youth Tour in 1986. But anyone I've ever met, the one thing that unites us all is... You know we all wanted to do this we all you know some people think we just wanted to be famous but as we know um fame is nowhere near as attractive to us as a laughter and we don't care if we get it from 10 or 10,000. like that joy for us my dad is the funniest person i've ever met and every room he walked into he made that room come alive and when i walked into any room um, it didn't matter if it was a hundred strangers i just knew i, I invariably knew that, that at some point I'd hear a whole lot of laughter coming from a corner and people would gravitate there. And I knew when I'd get there, my dad would be there with a beer in his hand telling stories or jokes and I just adored it. And, and you know, I didn't realize how lucky I was. I thought that's what everyone experienced. And then, of course, mates kept saying, can we go and see your dad before we go out? And I'm like, why would we see my dad? I, I, don't, oh, I, don't, wow. I don't run around going, let's go and see your dad before we go out. And I had no idea that, and my uncles were just so funny. And my older brother, you know, who you know, who I'm very close with, you know, Ben, we do a lot of work together. Yeah. So I had that, but there's one thing that united all of us, and that is we've all been there. We've all done gigs that didn't work. And we've all, you know, I started an amateur theater and walked out on stage terrified. Now, Australia's Got Talent all the three of us on this call we didn't really have that when we started at our fingertips not well, for me I didn't that's for sure I'm 50 it was it was like young talent time you know <clears throat> did I tr- did I have a crack at trying to get on that I had someone turn up at a show once a, a talent scout that I was told was in the audience from young talent time and I and they never rang me so I wasn't good enough obviously um, yeah. so um, but you know if there had been a show called shit talent time I might have been a chance but what happened was <laughs> In, I've been through No that.
1: talent time
2: No talent time <laughs> <laughs> No time for talent <laughs> That's COVID-19 right but, but, yeah, So I what see. happened is When they come out on stage So we didn't have that opportunity But my point of mentioning that is When they come out There's like a 10 year old kid Or an 18 year old girl Coming out to try and entertain A packed palais theatre There's a lot of people in that, in that theatre And like I'm a lot. whole crowd there And there's Ten cameras pointing at them, it's it's gonna get broadcast to a million people. So they've got cameras, a live audience, four judges, and it's gonna to go to air. I mean, that is so much pressure. The yeah. fact and they've that probably they, been it, waiting for ages as well, potentially yeah, of course like in the they have. and their competitors, like as you know, comedians, you walk out on stage, it is the unwritten rule in comedy. Whoever's coming up next, you you pump their tires up. Even if you know that car has no engine, you pump the tires. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you pump and pump and pump. And when they get out there, it's their it's it's their, it's their job to die or survive. Your job's to yeah. pump their tires up so they can roll on stage inflated, right? But this yeah.
1: explains a lot. The last time I saw Shane, we were doing a call, uh, a gig in uh, Tasmania, I think it was, and uh, Gold Coast. he gave me Gold Coast. in Gold Coast, right? And the intro he gave me went for five minutes. Now I understand <laughs> because there was no engine in that car, and he needed to pump the shit out of that truck. You... <laughs>
2: that, that, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, and you know it because you slayed him. He, he slayed him, right? It's like he, you had the morning set. He had the eight a.m. set, right? 1400 yeah. people in a massive ballroom and they're all sitting there with the mints the piece of paper the pen and the glass of water right and you know you know I that over. Room. they
1: were hung, hung over as well i think because the big party was the night before i think correct
2: and i'm like oh <laughs> man and i'm doing everything i can you know it's first time yeah. like literally it's morning everyone here's some comedy and this guy's rubbing their eyes and people still vomiting into their. <laughs> wrists and stuff and you slay them and then and then he leaves he's he's done he's probably back at the airport going home and then leaves me with like 12 hours of a corporate day to try and <laughs> <Yeah>. back up <laughs> he's <Yeah>. slams <laughs> a really solid 30 and then leaves me for a whole day with everyone's
1: going going back to what you were saying about the, the contestants come out and they've got this nervous energy so you 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 see there's like almost you want to make them feel like you know you've been there it's a kindred spirit you're seeing someone.
2: And, and just to do that to get there even if they do slightly okay are they going to get through no are they going to be as good yep. as the next person before them or after them no but they gave it a go and and no one's amazing the first time and and i just yep. i don't mind saying you know quite often i say things like and i do if halfway through if they're not if they're not good i'm already formulating a way for them yep. i hate people leaving any gig with an emotional empty bag, with um, the emotional bag empty, but something has to go in there to carry forward. And I always say there's no experience like experience and you just got some great experience. A room like that, the lights, all that pressure. So if they went out there and did half okay, if you reset that, that's probably amazing. If they walk back in a room and try and do comedy for a room of a hundred without cameras and without producers and with only two guys before them and a couple of people after them, they might go, "Oh, this pressure I can handle," because it's nowhere near the pressure for right. TV. So I reckon what a great conveyor belt to send them down. And they may not think they've won, but they don't realise they walk away with a, with a bag of new tricks, like just confidence. And we know that takes forever. And it, and it, and well, the. What I
0: really liked is when we were working on the show and it made me think of the future is it's great sometimes to have uh, like two, like even if it's two MCs or a warm-up guy and a judge because there's one woman in particular who brought her dog out and before her act, there was a bit of a break so I was just getting the crowd revved up. It's crazy playing games, making people sing and they were pumped. like, are we ready for this next act? And then this woman comes out with a dog. The dog trick itself is no good. But what made it even worse is the trick just didn't work. So we're just staring at a woman with a dog. With a dog. And it, it, that's all we were looking at. And then it just brought the mood down. And then Shane comes in and goes, you know what? I love how much you love that dog. And by the end, we all felt the love between a woman
1: and a dog. It's just, it was amazing.
0: Uh, I like... How like even the combination of like the roller coaster of that? I was just like, come on, I'm even exhausted, and this is Act Two of about fifty on the day.
2: <laughs> I don't think people believe how many how many acts we see. I I saw, well, the me and the three judges we saw, and, and just so you know, these are already paired back from people who send their tapes in. We yeah. saw 180, 180 acts. Yeah, and then in a day. No, over over days we would see what would we see a day? Bennett, 30, 20, 30? Yeah, thir-
0: yeah, I reckon wow, thirty. Wow. It depended 30. on the setup. It's like if there was one with a big setup, then you know there'd be a bit of time to kill, and then right, I would like
1: magicians and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, illusionists. Yeah, yeah illusionists. Yeah.
1: This brings me to a question I've I've had on my list to ask you because the 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 perception I have of you, Shane, is work hard, hard worker. You're always out and about, no matter what shape or form it takes. Now, even now I found out you have a a television catering company. Like, it's incredible. So something I'm almost fascinated by is energy, conservation, and, and usage. Like, so where do you reckon you find the energy to do shows like Australia's Got Talent maintain? Because once the camera comes on, the people watching at home don't give a shit whether you've had a long day or it's the first act. You have to look... That energetic, that enthusiastic, consistently throughout yes. the production. And that is, I think, the skill in any kind of presenter. But so, for you personally, where do you reckon the, uh, those things come from? Is it, do you have a routine down, Pat, if you know you've got a filming day ahead?
2: I think it's road miles. Once, you are right. The thing that I inherently know is when you're doing a TV show and, and a show that really pushes that to the limit is when I host a little big shots. I'm the only person on the couch with a kid. Um, there's not three other grown ups and there's not. Like on little big shots, you don't go away. You go and you can't go. Um, Tell us your favourite story, and they talk for three minutes. You know, when you're interviewing grown ups or talking to grown ups, they'll fill they'll fill an air with one or two minutes of a good story, and you just got to sit there and, as you know, you just come up with your next question, and hopefully they run with that, and you get another two minutes. And the thing that is hard is every single millisecond that you're sitting on that couch or behind that desk, anything you say or do could end up on television. for for 14 hours of cameras filming you or whatever it is, because even when we go backstage, cameras are on us in the dressing rooms and the makeup rooms like they have had a breakout room in Australia's Got Talent where they film us during the break, Um, even while we're eating and having chats. So anything you say and do could end up on air. So you're right, that's the discipline. But I think it's just road miles. You do, you know, I've had to do... Um, for better or for worse, I've, I've worked like I, I, this is not me plugging a book, it was an old book now, but it was my book was called, one of my books was called The Long Road to Overnight Success. And I used to do 20 hour days. So so I did. I used to run a, a lighting company. I was site manager for U2, assistant to the site manager with U2 when I used to do event management, still acting, still singing in bands, tap dancing, doing all that. But I would literally, I would work two or three jobs a day. I was the kid that had two paper rounds um you know me and my wife have got i think six companies so um it is i said to my wife it was probably about a month ago um i said to her you know when it, when it all calms down it'll it'll be less frantic than this and she laughed at me um and she said oh sweetheart i've i've accepted it now it's 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 never going to calm down <laughs> with you yeah. so, ah, and oh, yeah. she said you're always trying to I'll tell you what it is in my own words, because it's not like I want to be busy. I actually love being home with my family. I really do. Um, but it does come from um, uh, from, uh, from starting with nothing, you know, if my family had no money. And, you know, that thing where you say yes to the gig, we all know that. You do the next gig. And it's not that I'm afraid to say no to gigs. I actually do say no to a lot. I honestly do. But what I hate with businesses or ideas, I hate seeing a good idea go past me. And I had an idea when I was younger, and it was that I I was convinced if you bottled water, when I was about 13, I said, if you bottled water, I think people would pay for it. And everyone, everyone told me I was mental. They said, you're (laughs) nuts, mate. It falls out of a tap for free, falls from the sky, for God's sake, even if you don't want it to, no one's paying for it. And I said, the convenience of it, I think, and I remember saying, 10 cents a can, I think they'd pay that. And everyone told me how mental I was and now it's more expensive than petrol. And I, no. <laughs> let, I wouldn't have to work this hard if I'd have gone with that one good idea. And so now yeah. I just don't let them go past me. And, and one day, you know, one of them will, you know, do incredibly well and, you know, I've got a few things I'm working on. If they go well, I'm, I'm you know, I might be able to come off the accelerator a lot. And I will. But I do love creating. I, I, we all do. Entertainment people, we love creating, whether it's a new story, a new film. And I, I do a lot of producing. I've got like I don't know six projects I'm producing at the moment and, and I do love that too I don't always have to be in front of the camera I, I, I you know I love it, it it's, it's my fuel
1: yeah and, and so th- that that's such an in, inherent kind of energy then in that case though going back to the original idea so like uh, it, it's is, I was even trying to get down to specifics about is it is it coffee is it meditation is it uh, yeah. fr- uh, speed uh is it sleep <laughs> you yeah, know what's the, what's the hack what's the formula
2: Oh, yeah, I, I I don't have one. I, th- I think it's I think yeah, it's, it's just pers- I think it's my personality type. I think which other people would probably find really annoying, and maybe some do. But um, I, as in, I don't um, I don't have I don't have dark times. I don't when the cameras turn off. I'm not the guy going just not now. I and mean, Ben's oh, very similar to me, we're uh, kind of the same backstage yeah. as are in front. There's a um, yeah. I mean, when the cameras turn, I'd like to think I'm not that different. I'm told, and it's hard for me to. You know how you can't beat yourself because you're that guy in the mirror. But, you know, most people go, I didn't know what you were going to be like. And it turns out you're just exactly like you are on TV. And uh, some people almost look disappointed, like, oh, there's actually nothing going on here. (laughs) 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 There's there's zero effort here. This guy (laughs) It's just walking past lenses that capture Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 I think, but in saying that, I think that is that is something that is, you are you are exactly as you are when the cameras have stopped until the cameras kicked on. Because when we worked on Open Slaughter, some of my favourite moments was just us laughing, laughing in a church together going, look at us. We're dressed up as, as priests. You know, Stephen Curry's wedding himself. We're all just laughing and then you forget that they've hit record and then we haven't even noticed and then the conversation just, Continues, And I, I think that's something inherent. That's just the way you are. But what I love is you then sort of infiltrate that into other parts of your life. Because your family is such a big part that if you're mm. there in front of a camera, you're also just as loving and giving to your family. And I think that's yeah. someone who's so busy. You also value that, I think, really, yeah. really well. I, I mean, that's what I've noticed over the, you know, knowing you for the last five years in particular, that you your focus yeah. on family is huge and you even even though time's limited when you do you are quite present with your family
2: yeah well and you know i was the way i was raised i i'd love to have some spiel now about you know what people need to know about their children blah 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 blah. um i I reckon if you got to teach someone how to love their children you know then maybe they shouldn't be a parent but i am you know it was was the way i was raised i I got an amazing relationship with my parents and it's it's the only way i i I know how how to how to do it so I wish I had some amazing spiel like you know you got to do this and you got to do that, but I, but I want to do it. You know, it's it's you know, it's yeah. I'm, it's I, it's actually just what it's actually how I want to be. Like I, I I live life um doing what what feels right and what comes naturally to me, and this is it. Whatever this is, this is it. You know, so
1: yeah.
2: hopefully it works out right. But that's lovely. Thank thank you for saying that because that means the world to me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting uh, you say about family shame because one of my favorite things about the movie you did, Kenny, is that not only your brother directed it, right? And, and, and yeah. you, start, you cast your actual dad in the role of your dad, right? That must it's, have been it's, such it's a... Dr- like, if you're already brilliant. close to your family, being able to bring your family yeah. into your work. Like, Ben and I have interviewed my parents on this podcast and my brother, and it was one of the most, like, enriching things that I've ever done. You know, and that's just a podcast. To be able to have a successful movie with your family in it.
2: Uh, look, my my dad. Um, so my dad doesn't class himself or, or categorize himself as an actor, and yet he was. You know, after Kenny, he was. he was up against Jeffrey Rush for, for best supporting role. You know? <laughs> and, and you know, we, we, like we're just going, Dad, look at you up there. Yeah. And uh, and my dad. Had, my dad had played a. I, I, honestly, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know, my dad's one of the funniest men I know. Like He literally does have... Uh, we've heard the expression a million times. Well, He's got a line for everything and a gag for everything. He does. Yeah, yeah right. It's not an expression. It's not a clap. He does. And and there's still expressions now because they are just so good at, at, at kind of laconic Australian expressions. And not just dog... I don't mean rhyming slang of like dog and bone for phone and yeah, frog yeah. and code for... Right. Road. They have... Not that. I mean... And I've always said, you know, even my grandmother had some of the funniest expressions ever. She thought you were doing something that she thought was useless. When you'd finished explaining it to her, she'd go, oh, you may as well rub your ass with a brick. <laughs> so that just meant You're wasting your time. Uh. They just had, like, the the, cr- the maddest expressions. And to this very day, I still hear some from my dad mm. that I've just never heard. Me and my brother constantly look at each other and go, you heard that one? I went, never heard it, you know. So he, he is that, but... We um, and I still remember when he was nominated against Jeffrey Rush. He, Dad, had acted in a short film, oh, like ten years prior, fifteen years prior, when Jeffrey Rush hadn't got shot to start him. And um, and in that short film, Dad kills him. Dad plays a serial killer. Um, it's kind of this comical short film. It's, it was hilarious, where he's actually the least least likely to be the suspect as a killer in the short film, and he's in the end, he's totally the guy killing everyone, right? And um, and then someone said, uh, how do you think, you, I think in an interview they said, Ron, how do you think you'll go, we'll be interviewed together, how do you think you'll go against Jeffrey Rush? And Dad said, oh, I killed him 15 years ago, mate. job's done. <laughs> did, and of course, they don't know what he means by that. I'm laughing going, right. it's, he's referencing a film. But look, he, it is, and we cast, my brother in particular cast Dad in all sorts of stuff and we both love him in it. And, and we've had him play everything. We've had him play a Uh, uh, I mean, honestly, the the list goes on, but it's (laughs) never... it's nearly always never in a good light. And he's like, let me guess, what am I this time? And we go, you're a complete prick. And he goes, why do you do this to me? And we said, because it's fun. (laughs) It's just never in a good light.
0: I think some of of my favourite scenes in Kenny is the beautiful where it's it's you, it's pointing camera, you're going down the camera, and then it just pans out and your dad's in the background with one facial expression. That's it. And it just steals the scene in a second. You're like, how does he do it? How does he do (laughs) it?
2: It's what he does, and he does it very well. <laughs> um, yeah, a whole fa- we, we peppered our family through that film because we're just we're cheap producers, and we don't want to pay any
1: bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you you provided the, the own catering; it's your own company. It's just you know, it's just <laughs> exactly. one of your mates cooking in the background, yeah. cooking a barbecue. I've, I've, I've always it's a bit of a theme here, isn't it? <laughs>
0: I've always been curious. I've always wanted to ask you this, Jade. Um, The the company, the toilet company, like you know, because you had to use all those portables. Was that toilet company a friend of yours? Is that is that how? Like, how did you get like, or did you just approach? a They port- are now. They are. Now-
2: <laughs> <laughs> they um, <laughs> no, they were. So um, yeah, they splashed down. Yeah. Which is the name of the company, which couldn't people just think we came up with that to be funny. That's the name of the real toilet company. yeah, and they're called Splashdown. Now you think about that, it's pretty funny. Now the truth was that was a shelf company that a friend of his had. They were going they were going to make a water slide and it was going to be called Splashdown. And that the idea just <laughs> never went ahead. Yeah. And, and one of his friends said, don't start up a new company name. They cost you a fortune. I've got a shelf company here. It was going to be a water slide. We're going to call it Splashdown. Just call it that. Right. And how strange is that? Yeah, all right, mate, here's the shelf company it's name it. So that was why. It's a
1: shame he didn't use his, uh, you know, his tarp company called Skidmark.
2: The Skidmark. <laughs> Back end chockers. Like some, some suspension company that does hot so look, they. I used to use Splashdown um, when I did event management. Um, again, like all of us, I've again, always been on stage. Well, another
1: co- another. <laughs> Well not the yeah, job, right. not the life. Because, because the one the one thing that sorry Ben, the one thing that I had to let slide because you want to roll, but I it spun me out was you saying you did pyrotechnics for Bon Jovi. And we just <laughs> yeah. nodded like that is a normal sentence. We went, oh sure, sure. Yeah. You know you, you're halfway there, you might as well go, you know live on a prayer with a fucking firecracker. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, the, the best one was "Give It a Shot," boom, oh, right there, boom. <laughs> and you can't fuck was... you can't fuck up that timing because it just puts off it puts off everyone. Uh, uh, when I did ACDC, every time I hear the songs, I I still know the cues, like I, wow. I know it in accordance to the pyro. For those about to rock,
1: boom, <laughs> we salute you. For those about
0: to rock, I think it's eleven of them.
2: <laughs> Boom! <laughs> so great.
0: But I've, I've so I, great. You, but did, were you like? How long did you do the pyro? Because I've worked on shows, and you want to keep the pyro guy close because he he always strikes. Me as a guy who's just on edge,
2: just on edge. Uh, they're all they're always just a little bit. No. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> you know, the guy. Yeah, you know, they've all got three fingers missing. Um, I did pyro but- for 13 years, yeah, I did um, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, ACDC, Sky Show, everything indoor, outdoor. Yeah, I did it for, I started at 16, the Royal Melbourne Show, I used to fire that every year. Yeah, I did I did it. But I was going to say, like, I always did comedy and acting and stand-up and warm-up and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, instead of waiting tables or whatever we all do, drive cabs, I always worked I've always worked in entertainment yeah. and, and as a lighting guy, I did lighting for like 15 years, ran a lighting company, had 120 guys on weekends out doing shows all over Australia with a company I was running. So I've always been in management and stuff, you know, and, and in and around lighting and, yeah, site you, management. I was.
1: You'd be a crew member's dream talent because you literally have an appreciation for almost every facet of what they yeah. do. And you've been there. Well, it
2: it comes up a lot with crew. Look, a lot of the crew, I've had really funny situations. Like I've been on films where the HMI, like one of the big lights wouldn't work. And I said to a young bloke, "Um, you might want to check the door switch in those (laughs) Harry lights. They're a bit sticky. And he looked at me like, what would you know? And then a guy, it was Fraser, who was the main lighting guy, um, walked past and said, "Uh, I'd listen to him if I was you. And then kids like white. And he said, oh, forget it. So Les Les Fraser, who was the the gaffer, opened the door, gave the safety switch a couple of pushes in and out, shut the door, and they struck it, and it worked. And this young kid's like, how would he know that? And he's like, mate, he used to hide me in my gear. And I, when I was doing Guys and Dolls, doing a musical theatre show, we were standing in the wings, <clears throat> and same thing, I was there with Marina Pryor and Lisa McCune, Magda Savansky, Ian Stenlake, Gary McDonald, all of us were pushed into the wings because some glass had shattered out of a light and they couldn't figure out where the glass was on stage. And I'm like, what are we waiting for? And they said, oh, you can't go on stage. There's a light burst. And they heard the light go, but they can't see the glass. And I said, oh, it'll be, it's in the light curtain. And this kid said, oh, no, mate, it's, it's, it's not a curtain, mate. It's a light. It's a light. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm saying it's the DHL light curtain. One of the ACL bubbles went. I heard a pop and wondered what it was. And it won't, the glass won't be on stage. It was in blue when it went. Because um, I saw the blue light go out and that'll be a high temperature gel, so the glass will stay behind it. And he looked at me like, You don't know what you're talking about. And same thing, another guy came over and said, uh, I'd listen to what he says. And he goes, What would he know? And this guy at the theater said, Shane gave me my first job in lighting. <laughs> and this guy was by then lighting. Like, he goes, He gave me my first gig as a lighting guy, you know. That's- Even at Channel 7, most used the light shows there. And then, so I'd be in charge of the crew. And then I'd run backstage and then like live and kicking, for instance, and then I'd put on a live and kicking shirt. I'd go out and do the warm-up um, for a live That's show, insane. do the whole live show warm-up. And then the cr- crowded leave, I'd go back, put on a denim shirt, come back out and bump out the live show, you know. And you got paid twice oh. for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how many, think, how many hours of sleep were you getting? Four hours a day?
2: If that. Yeah, I used, I, I used, I used to get four. Yeah, and then um, my mum, <clears throat> I can't remember how old I was. My mum burst into tears one day. When I was younger, because even then I used to be on a lot of committees and, <clears throat> and shows and one day I still remember my mum burst into tears and said, can you please, please just one night, um, come home at 10 o'clock and go to bed. Let me feed you and go to bed. I just want to watch you sleep for one night. So yeah, uh, wow. out of respect for my mum, I came home one day, ate and went to bed so she could literally walk in the room and see me sleep for a night. But, uh, but I used to, it was terrible. I used to do, because I was singing in bands too as well. I had a band. so and I'd set up the lighting, sing, do the gig, um, and then the crowd would leave, and then I'd pack all the lights, <laughs> put them in a, yeah. a truck, and take the truck back to the factory. You know, so it was. And the was listeners even... don't
1: know, like Shane actually set up our microphones and the Zoom meeting and <laughs> <Yeah. the laughs> video I, I've, well.
0: I've never, I've never looked this good. Uh, the lighting is
2: absolutely <laughs> yeah. fabulous yeah. in here. He,
1: he, he did my makeup as well. Like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah,
2: but. It, but- it's um, yeah. No, no but... and, and, and we even wrote the theme song for the show. He's <laughs> got the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote the theme song. Oh,
1: this is like David Brent. Bring
2: the guitar. <laughs> Relax, I haven't written the theme song. Um,
1: there's there's a couple of things we we're coming to the tail end, Ben, but uh, there's two things I want to make sure we cover. One is, um, uh, you know, the mental health and the work you do around that. But I think most importantly. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what the fuck was that video that Chrissy, Sam and Brownie posted of you in your younger days? Amazing. <laughs> Without, I sent it to Ben. I'm like, the timing, because we knew you were coming on this episode. Okay. And I was like, I can't wait to ask him about that.
2: So um, they keep saying I won. I didn't win. I was the last one left. Yeah. What's the show? Everyone What's the
1: show else, for people who don't know? It,
2: it was a total Bradbury because what happened was there was like 10 guys, Like was one of 10 guys of which, you know, all nine of them are better looking than me. Like one of them was like basically like a supermodel, right? And I'm just like, so why was I there? I was working at a theater restaurant at the time. I'd just come back from overseas. Um, I've been living in Sweden for a year, um, doing stuff over there. And then came back to Australia. Oh, probably lighting rock bang.
1: set or something. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I was doing I was doing pyro over there for Ace of Base. <laughs> base, of
1: base. <laughs> <laughs> Waterloo, Waterloo,
2: bang, 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 bang.
1: <laughs> um, so,
2: so um, what was the no, show? Sorry, that, I,
1: I think I missed that bit. What's what was the show that we saw footage of? It was called it was called Man, man, oh, man. oh Man. Amazing. Um,
2: and I came back to Australia and, and, like, you come back going, I've got now a whole lot of debt and no job. And uh, so I worked at a theatre restaurant, rang a few mates, okay, I came back in Australia. And then worked at a theatre restaurant, Channel 7, and I was you know, acting in film clips and doing all this kind of stuff. And, and then Channel 7 rang theatre restaurants. This was when theatre really restaurants were It was Nero's, Fiddle, Dracula's. I was at French Snickers did a restaurant. They were just everywhere. Witches and Britches still exists. Witches and Britches. Not anymore. Um, I think Witches and Bridges, that one's gone. Oh, no, Dracula's is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think my, a lot of them are gone. Like, by mm. comparison, mean, Tricky Dickies, they were everywhere, right? Tony Martin and-
1: loves the Titanic one. <laughs> he can't yeah. get enough of the Titanic. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. I, I have a love for that that will never die. <laughs> yeah. Because it's in Williamstown. When you're in there, the ship is, it's it's so mechanically tacky. It's beautiful. Yeah is on a scissor lift, right? And so what happens is when the ship is supposed to be going down, they had two choices. They either have the entire restaurant sink into the ground. That's one way of doing it. That sounds a little expensive. Actually, it sounds fucking unbelievably yeah, expensive. Or you just get a scissor lift of some old work site outside and out of the city go up. So <laughs> good. It's so good. It's a stroke of genius. <laughs> it, it is genius. And every time, because I used to live in Newport, you, you asked my wife, I, 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 I thought it was as wonderful. It'd be, it's like Uluru. Every time you see, it, you go, isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that incredible? What a feat! <laughs> what a feat of nature. So, and so Uluru, Uluru
1: and the Titanic Tea Restaurant.
2: Yeah, and the Eiffel Tower. Australia's,
1: yeah. Australia's fine. And also, and also, with <laughs> yeah, your
0: so was, with your background, you'd be like, oh, you, you know how it works. You know all the decisions that were made, everything to get up to it, and someone's done it in the cheapest way possible, which is perfect television.
2: <laughs> and I'm from the Western suburbs. Anything done, you know, half price quarter effort, I'm fucking mad for it. But anyway, so man, man, oh man. Channel Seven used to ring, or television networks would ring theatre restaurants, going, "Who've you got to want to come in?" So that you got a bit of whatever. And and at the theatre restaurant, I was on stage. I was the doorman. I did security. I was lighting. I was sound. I was the follow spot operator, and I was the stage manager. Am I making that up? No, (laughs) (laughs) brilliant, brilliant. So I was literally literally like Wizard of Oz, like pulling levers, and I'm the Great Oz and pulling levers. Anyway, it was a pilot episode, so I went on it, and it wasn't even necessarily going to go to air. And then all these guys before me just kind of did really – it's the same as if you can hold your piss and you're not a prick, you don't have to be beautiful, as you know. But when you went to a pub, if you just were still standing at the end of the night and you weren't rude and you weren't arrogant, you were dressed okay and you just kept your manners about, you probably did better than all the guys who just eventually unveiled what a pig they are, you know. Or, or what a goose they are, and and that's what happened. They all did something really silly at some point, or got a little bit carried away with themselves. And women would go no, and they get pushed in the pool. And I swear at the end that that studio filled with women pushed two more guys in, like nah, yeah. they, nah, they've, they've, they've lost me there. And then they all looked around. And there was just me left. And like, oh shit, we've gone with old mate with the, the mullet. It was, it was, and yeah. so it went to air. So they had to fly me to Vanuatu, and everyone's like, <laughs> so who just? Did you take one of the girls? And I'm like, no, I took one of my best mates, Worm.
0: That's so good <laughs> Of so course his name is Worm
2: it's, yeah, I know
0: And then when I was watching it Shane It was like for, you know, for people who don't you know, Man O Man was a dating show And it just it went crazy But also they built a swimming pool in the studio Just for that one scene at the start Where the woman could just push yep. the bloke into the pool For one segment of the show They built a pool And I just love it because now you're part of folklore history That you never went into that pool
2: I love it well, I did. Oh. I did because, um, and I'm sorry for the noise in the background, uh, my printer, which has been offline all morning, <laughs> I tried to print stuff at like 8 o'clock this morning and it did nothing. <laughs> so it's, it's as slow as most of the audiences I try and perform to, where I'm sure they stay laugh at home, but it's forgot to do it in the room when you I was getting
1: there. getting heckled by a cannon,
2: <laughs> by cartridges. <laughs> it just printed, I pressed print easy four hours ago, and it's like... Ah, uh, okay. You want that printed? Yeah, you no know, <laughs> you know, like an agent. I didn't know you wanted gigs. <laughs> but that pool, I did get pushed into it because the other contenders pushed me at the end, like a bit of you know uh, university yeah, yeah, yeah. rabble. And then, um, and then, but the part, the worst part was, so I, 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 never thought I'd, I'd get away with being the last one left. And then, but in the contract, that then said if it goes to. If it goes well enough, they air that. And then you have to get the prize, which they gave me. And then I went on a trip to Vanuatu and I'm the only person to have been downgraded from business to economy. I didn't know you could get downgraded. Um, and then um, what in the contract, if they did another, a champions episode, you had to appear. <laughs> and so it, it went rated so well, they went, we're going to do a champions episode. All the winners from every episode go up against each other. And I just knew.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm never, never winning that yeah like right. the, the man that 120 women or something have picked as the best man out of 10 men 10 times or nine yeah. times or whatever it was and then i'm up against them and i went out there i i think i got pushed in i think i got pushed in before the show started you pushed, <laughs> you pushed yourself in yeah. you're getting out early i'm getting out early <laughs> yeah. you
1: can't find me i quit
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah but none of those guys are on fitbed podcast now so look no at, look so at and, right and you're so. killing it just before
0: we go, uh, you're currently in a doco about uh, mental health in the entertainment industry, uh, which is uh, is doing the rounds. I can't stress uh, that people go see it. But there was one thing I just wanted you to add to it. Is you're one of your co-stars that you've acted next to, Sam Neill, said something amazing, which is stuck. He has to remind himself that uh, being an actor uh, isn't who he is; it's just what he does. And I just I kind of absolutely love that. That I feel like. You know can you lend something to that because you know mental health currently in the entertainment industry is really important
1: but tell us about the docker as well in general yeah, like, yeah. for those of us who don't know
2: yeah well rather than the docker i'd love the doco to speak for itself but the thing i'd love people in entertainment to know is that they should look at it and people not in entertainment would, would could probably learn something from it too because um i think uh so the, the terrible fact is, and it's a horrible stat, but it's the truth, and I wish it wasn't, um, and one day hopefully it won't be, but the um, suicide rate in entertainment is three times higher than any other industry on the planet. Um, the the only sort of wow. good news amongst that is um, actors and ac- actresses and entertainers and comedians and people are, for the most part, a lot of them are so eloquent eloquent at explaining it and because we're used to putting ourselves out there um, and risking going on stage and you know having a bad night or doing a performance that's going to get reviewed badly getting smashed on social media we're kind of okay with opening up knowing it's not necessarily going to be the greatest thing we do we go on stage you may not get applause you may get booed off so I think um, the panel damage that we have sustained over a career has kind of taught us to be a little bit tougher and I do think we are a bit better at coming forward and going i've been struggling it's okay everyone i just want you to know what i hate about it is the stat is that those who get to a point that they feel they can't go any further and that reaching out isn't going to be enough to help them um, take their lives and i've i've had to bury quite a few mates more than i care to admit so um that's that's why i've lent myself to that and i do quite a lot around um around mental health um but it is—it is true. It is—it is just what we do, and there's nothing more clear than that. But, you know, another incredibly rich man the other day, some inconceivably wealthy guy. COVID nineteen has him locked in his house over in London. And there was a story about this guy who was quite well known in the world for his finances. Just hasn't had a lot of people coming round. He doesn't have a wife or children, and he's taken his life. And everyone goes, but he had all the money. Yeah. And the same with actors. But you're famous, and as we know, um, famous and money is not blood, and it ain't a bone. So it's not within you. It's—it's it's all just kind of attached to the outside of you and you know the money's in the bank and it's the car you drive but as you know it's not you go to bed with yourself and when you go to bed on your own you're stuck with your mind um and even if you've got a partner if you're not connecting it's still your own mind you're talking to and our own mind is a terrible person to talk to that's why i mean think about what our brain does to us we have nightmares where your brain gives you the worst case scenario of anything you've ever imagined that's what you that's what happens when you're left on your own with your mind and so but what I do love about entertainers is we are willing, for the most part, to be really honest about it. If we to go, you know what, I do struggle, and so it that that documentary and, and many others like it um, do look at entertainers because people do tend to look to entertainers. And now's a really interesting time. And you know, Eddie Perfect said it amazing in, in, in a text that he sent. Feel free to look that up. But entertainers are who the world looks to when they go, this is going bad. It's funny, I'm doing, and, and I'm more than happy to do it and feel privileged and honored that I get asked. But at the moment, I'm being being bombarded with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of requests um, to send videos to people who, who've lost work or lost income yeah. or who are struggling. Um, but in fact, isn't it interesting? We're the ones, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an out of work actor. I, I used to get paid to entertain people. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted, you know? But we're now doing all these things to make people feel better which means entertainers are the people that people look to. Sometimes we've got to go to doctors and surgeons and wives and children and loved ones, of course, but we are one of the people that people look to. Can you give us a little bit of entertainment or can you distract us for a moment? We're court jesters, this is what we are. And so, but it it can come at a price. And and that is that that we have a fickle industry. Um, We are judged a lot. I mean, people do not... Drive past the builder's house and yell out, You call that a dove join? You're a shit builder. They just don't get yeah. ridiculed like that. They get to the end of their gig and they get paid. And we have this weird thing where people are so visceral with their anger about things we do on TV. It's like, dude, change the channel. Like, I didn't, I yeah. didn't, walk, I didn't, I didn't break into your house and fucking perform in front of your family uninvited. Like, yeah. change the channel. But people can hate at us. So it does affect some people. And yeah, the work I, is, is inconsistent, and that's why we're just a really vulnerable industry. If you don't want to see on that, that kid on that juggle, itself, the- I
1: find it really uh, uh, on that. I find it quite interesting. Is that not only is it about the public and the negativity that can be thrown? Sometimes within the industry itself the amount of like shit talking between your peers about someone else's work is something that shits me up the wall because I'm like, you of all people know what it's like to put yourself out there and not not necessarily hit the mark. So cut that person some slack. Like, what are you talking, like, it, it, especially now during during this lockdown, anyone who's negative about someone's efforts to try and create any kind of entertainment or creativity, I'm like, let them be. Let
0: them yeah. do what they want. They're having a know. go. They're having a go. That's all you can say. They're having an actual go.
2: And here's the thing, you know, I mean, Marty Sheargold, I'm, I'm going to let people know on your podcast, hear it here first. A man who, who I think we all know has struggled in the past and, and finds and finds life quite dark. I'm, I'm his fodder for comedy. He, I've never met the guy, but I know he's struggled and through friends have tried yeah. to help, you know. But uh, there's a man there who spends his time on his fodder for jokes, saying, you know, I make shit films and... He, he spends his time slagging off of me, and I go of all the people. But it, you're right; it's his obviously his coping mechanism. Yep. So I'm actually, and I think, well, if I can help him through a dark time by giving him some material, I'd like to think I'm there for him. What it. a great <laughs> flip to it! What a great flip to it! <laughs> and it's and it's also. But you are right; we're sometimes terrible to each other. But look, you know, I to make sure I don't get off track, that documentary, and and I obviously have a passion because we all do because. I've had to bury friends uh, from the industry, yep. um, and that, and that's not to say that they don't the other industries and families don't have to bury loved ones as well as well. But but mental health in particular, and I've had um, some of it close to me. We all have, um, and so yeah, it, it's and it, I, particularly now yep. that um, with like in particular entertainment, it was three times worse before COVID. The death rate in entertainment was three times worth yep. worse. When there was work, yeah. and and as we know, unemployment can create quite a dark hole for people to disappear to. So, um, so you know, we we so I say to everyone, it's been said a million times, and it has to be said a million times more enough that it needs to continue to be said. Um, which is, you know, all the are you okay stuff, just be there for people. Look for, mm-hmm. and everyone. It sounds so it. It all sounds so cliche, but I've learned about cliches. Cliche means it has been proven to be successful and right every single time it's happened throughout history. That's what cliche means. And everyone goes, it's so cliche that, you know, just check on someone. Check on someone. Yeah. Because I guarantee you the one thing that is a constant through all of my friends who've taken their lives is every one of us around them went, man, if only I had known. Yeah. Everyone Mm. says it. It is the common chorus, yep. if I'd have known, I would have rung if he, he or she just reached out. Like, and I hate that chorus cause it's been sung around me so many times. And I, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to to just make sure people are okay. And you can, I bring a mate the other day and he just, he didn't sound like him. Yeah, it was his voice, it was his name, it was his mobile number, you know. I've got, I've got a notebook here of people I'm speaking to and I write I write their name on there and I just give it two days and I just ring him again. Yep. Oh, man, sorry, I had to kind of of race off the other day. This is what I do. I had to kind of race off the other day. Sorry, mate, I was in a bit of a rush. And they're going, no, man, it didn't seem like you rushed. Oh, man, it did in my mind. Sorry, I just kind of felt like I cut you short there. I make up some bullshit excuse to end up back in their ears. Yeah. If that works or, for you, give it a Or crack. the one
0: I, I've done, Shane, which, I, this is, I, I, again, I, I've got a couple of mates who are really struggling, but then also give them a reason to call you back. Like I've got a friend who's really struggling. He's just moved to the coast. I said, I've got to go, but what I would love is a photo of where you're going to swim today. If you could just send me that photo. It's great. And then you before you know it, you know, he told me later he took like eight shots to get the perfect shot, but it just in that moment, he was so excited mm-hmm. to send me that picture. So it's just like even if that connectivity yeah. is not there because you're not talking, the fact that they know you're thinking about them and they're thinking about you it just in, in especially in times like these so many people are losing yeah. their job and if, again people in industry especially the entertainment industry you know we were talking about it you've got you've got a grip who has been working non-stop for five years and everything stopped and he's got a mortgage he's got a wife he's got a kids and it's sometimes when if you don't know what people's employment is just be you know be careful ask them how they're going rather than oh you've lost all your work i think that's I think for me. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And it's a probably a good time to say, I think 13, 11, 14 is the uh, number to call if anyone's having any of those uh, dark thoughts. Uh, yeah. You know, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a very important conversation to have, but it's also important, I think, for everyone to remember that there is help yeah. and, uh, and, it's, and it's not an end game.
2: Wow, what a. What and a... and we, should, we should offer them support by also letting them know that we won't say we're all in this together. We won't say crazy times, unprecedented, (laughs) because I can't hear these sentences anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I I can't stop. For me, the word rollercoaster is the one I have. It's the best description of what I'm going through, but I need a new fucking word. Can I get something else instead of roller coaster? Like, because, but it's the up and down is what it is. Like Ben and I talked about this just before we hit record, and you joined us, Shane, which was that I was fucking flying on Saturday, yeah. and I am flat as fuck. Like this morning when I saw our new rates in Victoria, not knowing if I'm going to go see my parents again. Like all that shit. It's such an up and down.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I, uh, Well, let's go with a new one. Let's say that um, life at the moment is um, for entertainers is like being a. Um, Being like a paper aeroplane in a hurricane. Yes. Uh, We don't know where we're going. Uh, We're not in control of the breeze. We don't know where the fuck we're going, whether we'll land or crumble. We have no idea. But we're up up and about at the moment.
1: It's like Ben and my scales. It goes up and down quite a bit.
2: (laughs) bit, (laughs) When I stand on the scales at the moment, I get a fucking breeze off the needle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's digital. (laughs) That
0: is a great place to
1: go. Mate Shane, thank you so much. Yeah, man. thanks, uh, Shane. Honestly, uh, thanks so much for being so open and and sharing and being such a delight. Uh, 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 it, it, it's it's invaluable to have these kind of chats and also people where they you know.
0: And also for me, Shane, just personally, thanks for you being one of my biggest supporters in the entertainment industry. And again, you know, with, with you uh, in my corner, it's always uh, giving me the confidence to do all the gigs I wanted to do. And I just I just wanted to say that on record because you're an absolute. You look out for oh, people absolutely. younger coming up through the industry and. And and I've always taken leave out of your book because you know it doesn't matter if someone's putting on the microphones or it's the gaffer or it's the lighting guy. You treat them with the same amount of respect as you would treat the host, and that's something I have always lived by. And I think it's such a great way to go through the industry. So I just wanted to say thanks.
2: No, well, my my, my absolute pleasure. You were, I mean, but by the same token, like that's how everyone's supposed to treat everyone. Exactly. My my brother is a great. uh, and we can end on this, but my brother's a great, um, not that I wanna go anywhere, I love talking to you guys, but, um, <laughs> but my brother's a great leveler and and my family um, hand out compliments quite, quite quite openly to everyone, but with each other, we really, we snap it to attention pretty quick. When anyone ever says to my brother, I worked with your brother, so my brother's Clayton, they go, Clay, i worked with your brother, Shane, he was such a nice guy and he always says, and so he fucking should be. He never goes, yeah, oh, I'll yeah, tell him that. Yeah, yeah. And, he always, and he always says to me that he says to them, so he should be, what, he's an actor, so he doesn't have to be fucking nice to you? Yeah. You're damn right he's nice and he should be, and he shouldn't get any more credit for it. If he's less than that, he deserves to have someone pull him up or have a go at him. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and let you praise him because he's famous and he was nice to you. That's the way it's supposed to be. My brother will not, will not collect a compliment and bring it back to me. He won't <laughs> mail me the compliment. He just says, someone else tried to make out you were nice and that's a great thing. Who cares? Slap it out, people. it out! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, great I mean, we usually you know. do this.
1: This is the part to uh, to plug stuff, but I think anyone who listens to our podcast probably already know where they can find you, Shane. But just in case they don't, what's your Instagram and stuff?
2: Oh, uh, what am I? I think I'm the, the Shane Jacobson. Um, oh, you know what? They see enough of me. They should just follow you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. They awesome. should look for me nowhere.
1: <laughs> 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 well, our listeners, you know, uh, patreon.com slash fitbedpod. That's probably the best you can do for us. Ch- chuck us a bit of a love on there, but also... Uh, ben, anything else?
0: And uh, just uh, again, so if you're already doing it, uh, iTunes reviews are great. They always help, and yep. uh, and yeah, share the pod. Uh, I think this. this I, I'm already calling it. This is a great one to share already. Uh, Shane has just hmm. uh, hit every mark oh, of what yeah. our podcast is about. So if this is a totally, the first and one... in
1: case we have any new listeners from Shane, uh, yeah, check it. Check me out on Amazon Prime. I've got some stand up <laughs> on there. Please give that some yeah, love. Totally. I just realised. Yeah, totally. that we'll probably get some new listeners. And also, you, if
0: so, if someone's listening to this who hasn't seen kenny well matt you've got a great uh, night ahead Yeah, <laughs> the one that's person so who hasn't seen it so shane thanks
2: uh, and, and 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 if people in pubs around australia can do me one favor just to help me out is that the amount of this is one thing if, if i could just and it's fine just to help me out just a little bit is when i walk into a pub which i do quite frequently in sort of you know, small country towns i love a small country town, <laughs> town pub when i walk in and they go kenny which i expect that's fine if they can just just try and only do this to me if the person they're about to show me does actually look like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit the same, a little bit the same as you know how no, no Elvis impersonator ever actually looks like Elvis, but they all look like, like each other. Right. So <laughs> what they do is they go, Kenny, mate, your doppelganger's here, mate. You're bloody, you've got a dead ringer here. And I go, Doggo, Doggo, come out of here, bloody Kenny's here. And around the corner just comes some massive fat guy with a beard. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how often it happens. Like, none of them ever look anything like me, Right? And the amount of times I look at my wife with my little doughy puppy eyes, like, do I look like that? She looks at me like, darling, you don't look like that. That's not Amazing. So if they could do me that. But having said that, I love it. So don't stop doing it because I met, them, I get to meet some great people, actually yeah. truck drivers, and they've got a great story to tell. So keep it coming. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Thanks right, so buddy. much,
0: Shane.
1: Thank you, legends, and you thank guys. you, everyone. Stay safe. I will
0: Amazing. see you next week.
1: Bye.